Hey everyone, I am John Hallett and this is the John Hallett Podcast. Today, we are joined by Jenny Yeager, my lovely wife, and two French Bulldogs and some possible teenagers that are home from school on a snow day here in Colorado. How are you, Jenny? I'm fine. But like you said, the kids are home. (laughs) Yes, the kids are home and hopefully they're quiet and the French Bulldogs aren't making too much noise. So we are talking a little bit about fitness and specifically Project Fit at RMSDF. But first, I want to give the listeners a little bit more about you and why you started coaching fitness. Yeah. So you asked me that before, like how I, my fitness, what I like about fitness. And and the fact is, is that I don't really have any life without fitness. Like I've always been into some type of fitness. When I was young, it was sports. Um, As I got older, it was working out at the gym. It was doing programs. Like you name it, I've probably done it. I've done jazzercise. I've done P90X, beach body, my own workouts, triathlons, marathons. And so it's always been a part of my life. And and I don't really know what my life is without it. And uh, I think that's why I started coaching, because I think it is so important that everyone have an enjoyable experience with fitness and that it hopefully becomes part of their life. I like it to be enjoyable for them. I like it to be challenging. I like people to feel successful. I feel like so much of what we do in life can beat us down, whether it's our job, our commute, um, our our families at times, our friends um, can make us feel really stressed out. And it's nice to have something that I can feel successful about at the end of my day. Yeah, it's always great helping people. I know one of our um, one of the football moms that you got into the gym just said to me that she loved being at RMSDF because she felt like she could ask the coach questions where she's been at previous group fitness and she's like, I was made to feel kind of dumb or I should just know that and shouldn't ask the question after it was, you know, taught one time or something. And yeah. I'm always thinking, I can get better at it. And it's just an evolution of getting better at whatever it is because a simple push-up isn't all that simple. And a simple squat takes takes a lot of time to really dial in and it's just not all that simple. And I think when fitness instructors kind of say, this is simple, it kind of can, again, beat people down a little bit. Yeah. And I think I love the people that have been in our gym forever. Like we are super fortunate. We have these people that have been with us 10 years, 15 years, even even five years. And that that's awesome and it's great and I love that community but I love new people like I love teaching them I love helping them feel successful at something that they had no idea how to do and really working with them and taking the time to be sure that they get it right um it fills me up a lot and and when I can see it on their face that they feel really good about themselves then again that fills me up too so yeah it's, yeah, it's always great to see somebody getting better and you know we've got a long-term member you know, she's really been dialing in her diet and it was like awesome to see her doing handstand holds right next to you this morning in yeah. the workout. Like that stuff is just awesome stuff. So great to see. Yeah. So can you tell um, the viewers a bit about the evolution of what we've done at RMSDF from being a former CrossFit affiliate to now Project Fit? Yeah. Um, I, you know, as we've talked about why we started CrossFit initially was because we just think it's a great program. It's a great strength and conditioning program. I know we still feel that way about CrossFit. However, um, we felt that our program was a little more diverse and had a lot more to offer than just CrossFit. Um, 
We think that there's some great elements to it, but we kind of have work to hone it in to be our own. And I think a big part of why it's been successful and why people like it is because we do have a little more downtime. Um, you're still working hard. You're still getting a great workout, but you're not coming in and feeling like every day has to be a PR. Every day has to be crushing it. It's a little more balanced, I guess, is, is the way I would describe it um, compared to what we used to offer. So I think Project Fit um, has a nice balance. It has a lot of movements that actually involve balance, which are things that we all need as we get older, but it incorporates a lot more strength, a lot more focus on the type of movement, the quality of movement, not always having to move fast, not always having to PR. And I think that that really um, helps people be successful for a longer term in our gym. Yeah, I think so. That was, you know, some people like do really well with that competition-based where CrossFit kind of evolved to when we started, it wasn't so much about the competition and it just really got so competitive. And I think, you know, a lot of people just want to be in good shape, like what CrossFit started. And, you know, that's where we've gone to Project Fit. And I, you know, say it's strength and conditioning for health and longevity. Like I want to be strong as I get old, you know, when you're doing any competitive sport, you can only do that so long because you generally get injured because you're training at such a high level. And that's just not sustainable for kind of our average member that we were getting in and, you know, really marketing towards, we weren't really marketing towards the person that wanted to do the competition. We're looking for people that want to just be in good shape. You know, the average person is what sometimes I think used to tell me, um, you know, don't say we're small or something like that. Um, when I was thinking of a marketing campaign and I'm like, but we are small and we do focus on the quality of the people and not the, the cool kid gym. I mean, I go back to, um, our former manager, Pam's, um, now husband, Steven, that was, um, told that he just wanted to be in good shape. Um, he was a firefighter and he went to a CrossFit gym up in Denver and they told him, Oh, if you're not going to be on the competition side, if you're not interested in competing, then, you know, go over there with the people that just want to look good. And that kind of is not CrossFit was like strength and conditioning. It wasn't, you know, be all around fit. That's what drew me in, um, especially on the crowd Maga side, like way back when a bunch of us, you know, well, I found this and like, this is a great conditioning program for crowd Maga wasn't interested in competing. I just wanted to be good, um, for my crowd Maga self-defense and be well-rounded. And I had kind of missed that type of stuff. Um, for a bunch of years, I was always into fitness from, you know, the fifth grade on. And there was a little period there where my entire focus was becoming a better Krav Maga instructor and kind of my fitness side well, slacked off as far as like the weights and different things like that. I wasn't doing strength training yeah. like I am now. I mean, I guess for me, it's like, you know, I, I said I've done all of these different things and it's like, oh, well, when's she just going to switch to something different? But I think that the second part of that that I didn't really elaborate on is I've been doing this now for how old is my son? 14 <laughs> years. And I, I'm never bored. I'm never bored. I'm always challenged. I can always push myself in a different way, whether it's trying to be faster on the cardio side or lift something heavier, lift something different or do a different movement or just mix my work about it. It's always different. And and that's a lot of feedback I get from our customers too. And our clients is that they feel like, you know, oh, I, I never come in and say like, oh, that's boring. I mean, they come in and might say like, 
that sounds hard, but um, at the end, everybody is clapping and excited and, and happy that at least at my class time at 5.30 a.m., that that was a good start to their day. So I think that's important. And I think, you know, another testament to that is is the woman who just joined with us, who our kids play football together, is that, you know, it was snowing and it was 5 a.m. and her husband was like, you're going to the gym? Like he was amazed that she was going to do that because this is a new endeavor for her. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I just, I just really like it. And I think that level of engagement and when people are excited about working out, like, again, that's just one more thing that makes, fills me up. And, and I'm happy that I contribute that to their life. Yeah. I think that, you know, the workouts are always hard, but you always feel better after you work out, no matter how hard it is. It just is a good start to the day or a good end of the day, whatever it is, you yeah. just are so much better. And you, I think so many people are depressed because they're just caught up in the daily grind and it's just such a good step away. It was, mm -hmm. uh, um, I can't remember her name, but uh, I remember in the last six months or so, you know, she said, her kids said, mom, you seem so much happier. <laughs> um, like, what's up? Like, you know, she had some good workouts. She took some me time and her kids noticed that she seemed happier because she did something. I always like exercise just really can help a lot of people get, get out of that rut and feel better about themselves. And you're doing I laughed something. Cause I was like, what do they serve drinks at the end of that class? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's only the 5.30 a.m. crowd drinking oh, their Fit Aid. <laughs> yep. Oh. Well, can you tell the, <clears throat> us what your favorite exercise is and why? Like one exercise, just one, one just movement? A movement. Just yeah, like squats. I have to pick one? Yes. You have to pick. What's your favorite, what's your favorite movement to do? What do you think it is? I'm curious. We should do this is like the dating game. Like, <laughs> the dating what, game. Yeah, like how or what is that one? The new newlywed game. How do you what's your spouse's favorite movement? Um I'm gonna guess thrusters. Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> See, I knew you'd get it right. Yeah, it is thrusters. And why do I like it so much? Because because it's a full body movement, because it's hard and and I like feeling challenged. Like I I know I, I say that and I, and I don't want people to be threatened by that statement or feel like, oh God, it's hard. It, I like to be challenged. And so it's it's challenging. When I say it's hard, it's like it's challenging and I like the challenge. And so, but again, you know, you can do it in any weight. You could do it without any weight. Um, but I like it because it, it really gets the cardio side and the strength side and um, and I, I guess I am kind of good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of good at it. Yeah. You're about, you, I think you do as much weight as I do a lot of the times. So yeah, thrusters is great. It's actually something, you know, we're doing with Josh, our producer here. I just doing thrusters with Josh. I did Josh I filmed thrusters. We did oh. thrusters today for clear sky dot training for, you know, that's the online side of RMSDF and we're really trying to build that out. So we have a good reference for our project fit members and our Krav Maga members that, Hey, here's some exercise breakdowns that they can watch it and get more accustomed to it before they maybe it comes up in a class. So we kind of did a quick, you know, tutorial on that. So That's members great. can see that and, you know, we're working on the base workouts. Um, so we have a pre coaching session. If somebody really wants to look at that, cause it's something that I see happen at the whiteboard that members start asking another member and sometimes they get a little distracted. So we're going to do a pre coaching. So if they're interested in, especially in, those base workouts that they have yeah. that the night before, a week before, 
that they can kind of get accustomed and know what to expect. When I know a lot of people, that helps a lot of people. Some people just want to walk in and do the workout, but we're building that out. So speaking of base workouts, what's your favorite base you workout? You know which one is my favorite. <laughs> base four is my favorite because it's endurance and I'm an endurance athlete. Don't give me anything short. I don't want to do anything that's under four minutes. I hate it. Um, I'll do it, but I don't like it. And my body it freaks out and doesn't know what to do, but give me something that's long and my body likes that. So I just like it. Again, it's a challenge. It's the diversity of the movements. You know, just when you get tired of one, you're moving on to something different. Um, and, and I think that's almost with any workout that we do. It's like, you are only going to hate it. You're only going to hate burpees for 20 seconds because then you're moving on to something else. So um, I, that's my favorite workout because yeah. it's endurance. Yeah. You did the burpees in 20 seconds? Yeah. All 100. <laughs> Wait, was it 50? Yeah. It's 50. No. Like a minute and a half. A minute and a half. <laughs> so yeah. Base four is what again? 800 meter run, 100 air squats, 75 kettlebell swings. 50 burpees, 25 Turkish get-ups, and a mile run. Yeah. What do you think the hardest part of that workout is? The mile run. The mile run. Because you're in the Turkish get-ups and you're like, if I could just get through the Turkish get-ups, and then your mind is like, oh, I have to run another mile on the end. Like there's just, that's, that's probably the, it's mental. It's all mental. You can do it. Anyone can do it. My gosh, you walk it if you have to. Um, but it's just the mental challenge of, okay, just get through this and I'll be on something easier. Oh, wait a minute. It's a mile run. And so it's, it's just a mental challenge. But again, I, that's the other side of why I love our programming because it is sometimes a mental challenge. It's a mental game and it's, that's fun, right? It's, it's again, it's a different way to challenge your brain. And it's, it's a mental challenge that you feel like you can succeed at, not the mental yeah. challenge of driving in traffic. So. Yeah. I think that's the one thing about the base workouts. It's like sometimes even that one, get out of your comfort zone, Jenny, and do base one. I Stop. do it. I do it. I just reluctantly. <laughs> you might do another workout before or after, <laughs> but because it's only four minutes, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, but it's that sprint workout yeah. where it's like do something that's uncomfortable, and you know sometimes four minutes is just enough. I think you know you're like a lot of people that you feel like <laughs> you need to. You need to do even more. And I think that's something that happens in fitness. Yeah. People feel like if I didn't work out for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, I didn't get a workout in. Yeah. When those sprint workouts, like if you do it right, it's it's a hard workout in four or five minutes. Oh my God. There were times that I've done Fran and I've been like, oh, I can totally, I got, I'm fine. I just need a couple of minutes rest. And then you go and try to do something else and you're like, uh, I can't believe I'm so exhausted from yeah. a two minute 50 workout. Yeah. I feel like I got hit from by a truck doing yeah. doing that Fran workout, which is 2159 of your favorite thrusters. movement. Thrusters. And pull-ups are and right pull -ups. up there on my favorite movement. Yeah, so. pull-ups are one of my favorite. Great, you know, if you're stranded on a desert island, you know, hang from a branch, hopefully. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully you hang from it. <laughs> um, hopefully it doesn't break. So what would you do for a beginner on, say, base four where, you know, 800 meters, a mile run, that can be a lot. What, yeah. What's something where, you know, is typical in one of your classes or what we do yeah. at RMSDF for a beginner? 
Yeah. What I no, the first thing I would do is um, probably put a little bit of a time cap on that workout for them. Um, but additionally, on top of it, I I would bring everything down. Right. I would bring the run down. I either in distance. Um, I, I would also encourage them to run, walk if they need to. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you're going to go 400 meters. You're going to run. If you can't run, you're going to walk. Um, if you've got an injury or you have some reason that you can't run, then maybe we need to get you on the rower. Um, then we'll look at the reps for the different movements. I usually like to watch how someone moves first before I make a decision about how I'm going to scale the movements. I want to see how they do their squats. I want to see them with a light, light kettlebell and see how they can do their kettlebell swings as well as um, Turkish get-ups, we're probably not going to do any weight at all. I just want them working the form of a proper Turkish get-up um, and probably not going to do 25 of them. And then again, same thing on the flip side. We get to that mile run. Maybe we can't even do 800. Maybe we need to start at 400 and just do 400 on the front and 400 on the back. Um, so I really try to individualize it to that person that's in my class because um, everybody's starting from a different place. But if they were truly beginner, beginner, then I would probably go down to 400 on either side, walking or running, bring those reps way down, having them work with um, very light to no weight on the kettlebell swings and on the Turkish get-ups. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that we really strive for with project fit of like, you know, it's okay to scale it, you know, mm -hmm. br bring that weight down where so many CrossFit workouts, people feel like if they're not doing it RX as prescribed, that they're not doing it right. And that would beat a lot of people down yeah. and then get discouraged. And that's something I didn't like about it. Cause I hate to see people discouraged. Cause you're like, it's just a weight. It's just a number. If you have to bring the reps down, bring the reps down. But that's like a really hard thing for people. And I think, you know, getting people over that and it's about you, well, you know, the competition for you. Even with people that have been in the gym, it's, it, there's a mental thing when it's like written up or posted somewhere that like what is written is gospel. And it's like really trying to step away from that. I mean, I try to offer some variations if I'm writing something up on a board, because once it's written, it's like shall it be so, you know? And so I think people need to kind of step outside of that. And, and that's where having a good coach comes into play and having a good relationship with their coach and not feeling like you're going to be uh, made to feel stupid if you ask for questions or half the time I, I encourage people, if you need scales, if, if you have this issue, please don't do this movement, come and see me. Um, so I'm really trying to keep the dialogue open with everyone in the class because I don't know, maybe somebody was in a skiing accident that weekend and tweaked their ankle or their back and, and I don't know about it. I don't want to make it worse, but um, that communication is really important as well. Yeah. I find sometimes students, um, gravitate and they'll start asking somebody else. I'm like, ask me, I'm the, you're paying me to coach you. Why are you asking them? And a lot of times, you know, some of my members have been around for like 10 years, they can be great. But sometimes if they don't have any coaching experience, they're kind of giving them the wrong tip. They could I'm be. Fine. Like, but I think it comes from a place of like, that like, I don't want to ask a stupid question. It's like when you go back to like elementary school and you're in the class and you're like that one kid raises his hand, but everyone else is like, I'm not going to ask it. Or they feel like maybe it was already said and I missed it. So I don't want to sound stupid because they already said that. And it comes with so, so many mental insecurities that people have about, about what I call confrontation, which is just asking simple questions. Yeah. Like it, it kind of actually surprises me on the fitness side. Because on the Krav Maga side, our women ask more questions. That's interesting. Than they do in fitness. They'll tend to 
wave the coach over more often than ask the woman closest to them is what happens in fitness more. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know. I don't know. So um, I want you guys to hold on one quick second here for a word from our commercial, ah, from our sponsors. Self-defense is the greatest tool you have to preserve life, mostly yours. So when situations pop up and you need to take safety into your own hands, Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness is here to help you train in life-saving techniques to make sure that you go home safe. So to learn more, go to rmsdf.com. That's rmsdf.com to sign up for a trial class to start your training today. Remember, you fight like you train, so train hard, train smart, and train with Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness today. Making the change we want is the hardest choice we have to make. There is no time like now to get into shape and make health your priority. Stop hesitating and join Clear Sky Training now. We utilize proven and effective regimens created by our in-house team of health professionals to get you stronger, quicker, and happier. To join, simply go to clearsky.training and sign up for one of our convenient classes. We love to work with all fitness levels from beginners to advanced. So make the choice, make the change, and join Clear Sky Training today. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I've got Jenny Yeager here with our, she's our head project fit coach here at RMSDF joining us. Jenny, um, I wanted to ask you, what advice can you give people on being a working mom, teenagers, <laughs> step teenagers? How do you manage all that and get it all done and kind of mentoring, like what I always say, I try to lead by example to my kids and your kids of like, this is the lifestyle we're living. Can you give, uh, but that's not always so easy for people that haven't lived that lifestyle. Like the two of us have been doing, you know, fitness has been a part of our life since like elementary school. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that, um, I, so obviously I, I do, I am the head coach, but I also do um, human resource consulting, a lot of leadership development training. And what I always do with um, my leadership development people is tell them like everything you do should be with intention. Everything in your life needs to be intentional. And when you're, when you're leading people, that's particularly important. But on a personal level, I mean, how do I, how do I make it all work? Well, first of all, I keep boundaries, right? I don't, I don't try to do everything. Sure. I'd love to also, um, become certified in yoga and teach yoga. I'd also like to, um, spend 40 days a year on snowboarding on the mountain. And, and so you just have to kind of live in the season of your life, but you have to be intentional and say, what can I truly do? And what that is right now is being a wife, being a working mom to teenagers and maintaining my level of fitness. And so along those lines, I have to schedule it. I have to be committed to my schedule. Every morning I wake up at 5 a.m. Sometimes, more often than not, the first thing that goes through my head is, oh my God, why am I getting up this early? But I do it, right? You just have to just do it. Just work past that. Um, but the same thing comes even when I look at my diet, like I, with intermittent fasting, when I'm fasting, some days I have days where I'm like, oh God, I'm just, I just feel so hungry today. And so I just 
push through it for a little bit longer. And the same thing with working out. I mean, maybe there is a day that you need to say, I really need to back off today. But for the most part, you just have to schedule it as part of your life. Um, and and the, the same thing comes with working and the same thing comes with being a mom, like being present and being available. And I've just structured my life in a way that that I can do that now, right? I, I put parameters around my work schedule so that I can be present as a mom. Um, I, I think we put parameters around our relationships so that we can devote time for each other. Um, but it's the same thing with, with fitness and ensuring that you are making a commitment to it, even if you don't quite feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, I'm like, I never really, I'm always tired when the alarm goes off. Yeah. I'm like, people are like, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, just get up. Yeah. You're going to feel better. I said I would never teach at that hour and I now <laughs> do. And it's actually my favorite class. I mean, I taught for, you know, over a decade um, before I started teaching at that hour. I always would tell people, nope, we don't offer classes that early. I believe I started teaching that class because you were like, I'm not going to. Yes. <laughs> Um, but now it's my favorite one. I'm like, once you get in that routine and yeah, you're, you're, you're going to want to just stay in bed. I mean, mm -hmm. who does, like the alarm goes off at seven o'clock. Most of you want to just stay in bed. It's the same thing at 5.00 AM to get into a class at 5.30 or, you know, our 6.00 AM class on the Krav Maga side. Yeah. Um, I always tell people they're the most committed people in the gym. I have uh -huh. people today and they said, how many people came in the snow? Yeah. And it, it's generally our biggest class of the day yeah. because they're, they are really dedicated to their workout and they put it in the calendar and nothing gets in the way right. at five 30 in the morning, typically yeah. besides, Oh, I hit snooze, which I'm like, there's no such thing as snooze. Stop hitting snooze. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Don't even do it. Exactly. So, and I always say like, if you are kind of in that, I I'm too tired or I, I can't get up at that time. Well, okay. Maybe you should try a different time. That's going to work for you. Number one, but why not just give it a shot? Like, why not try it? Try it for a week or two. And if it truly does not work for you, if it truly is, I thought I would get past this feeling so exhausted, it's impeding my work, it's impeding the rest of my day. Okay, then maybe you should try a different time because that's just not working for you. But, but you're not going to know if you're just going to kind of rest on the laurel of, oh, I'm tired. Yeah, we're all tired. Yeah. You know, you're all, I'm tired for the first minute I'm awake, sometimes a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. It took me longer than a week to get adjusted to, to doing that. Yeah. But, you know, you're faster than I am. So it probably just <laughs> took you a week. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not even. Not even. <laughs> Can you um, kind of break down or, give the listeners some tips on how you handled nutrition through the years with the kids from kind of that elementary school age to now teenagers and how you kind of handle nutrition. Yeah. So, um, well, one time I, one of my friends was over and, and we were getting something out of the, the pantry and she goes, Oh my God, that does not look like a paleo pantry. What the heck do you have in there? And I'm like, well, I have young children. And she's like, can you feed them that? And I was like, well, no, not all the time. I mean, my approach with my kids has always been trying to teach moderation. Like I eat pretty strict. I think you eat pretty strict, but I don't want my kids to feel 
so deprived all the time that they can't handle life as an adult, right? Like they're going to get a job somewhere that someone's going to bring donuts on Monday and it's going to be taco Tuesday and it's going to be hump day happy hour. And then it's going to be Thursday. Yeah, we're going to happy hour again. And then Friday we have more donuts in the office. I mean, every day there's going to be something in the office or something at the workplace or a social event that you are going to have bad choices of food put in front of you. And if you don't learn how to make those choices and how to decide for yourself when you want to eat something bad and when you don't, then I'm not setting you up for any kind of success. And so my my mantra, I guess, has always tried to be, it, whether it's fitness with the kids or whether it's nutrition, is be the example, show them what healthy looks like, but also teach them that these things are going to always be around in your life. You have to make choices about whether or not you want to eat them. How did it make you feel? Did it make you crash? Did it make you grumpy? Did it hurt your stomach? Did did it make you feel great? And you have to learn to live your life in that way. So I guess that's kind of been my my nutrition with my kids. Um, there's a lot of people that disagree with me. They're like, no, they shouldn't be getting any of those things. Um, I also grew up with friends that that never, ever, ever were allowed to have soda or any kind of refined sugar in their house. And when they came to my house, they would eat an entire box of cereal. Um, if we had soda, then it was any soda. They would eat anything that was just terrible and bad for them. And so I, I'm not saying there's a right way to do it, but I do think, you know, my son com comes in today and makes this sweet potato dish um, roast some sweet potatoes in the oven with some seasoning and makes himself a steak. So I, I think I'm doing something right. And, and I'm sure there's lots of different ways to do it right. But I, I think I'm seeing it now play out with my kids and paying attention to what they put in their mouth, when they eat, what they want to eat and, and making good choices. So I think that was a good thing for my family. Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many ways to parent and do exercise and do whatever. But I do think lead by example is one of the biggest and best things you can possibly do. It was a, you know, marketing campaign that we just did or had a little short video on lead by example, parents. You want your kids to be healthy. You got to lead by example. You yeah. can't be eating chips and having terrible food and tell your kids to eat right and eat their broccoli and they should be doing exercise or get into a sport. You know, I think that's the best way. I, I hate to use the word best, but I think it is. When the kids were little, people used to say to me like, well, why aren't they, why aren't they in your class? Why aren't they doing Krav Maga? Why aren't they doing this and that? And I was like, cause we won't, we will not push them into one thing. We, they need to do an activity but we are not going to be the driver of that activity. And it's sometimes, there's a lot of dynamics to that. Some of it is having your parent be your coach isn't always, or be your teacher isn't always the best for every kid. Some kids it's great, some kids it's not. But additionally, I think it was encouraging them to always be active, but not dictating what that activity needed to be. And now I have a 13-year-old who asked me if I can take him to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. And I have a 16-year-old who is either at the gym at, at 5.36 in the morning or at 
four or five o'clock in the evening and cares a lot. They both care a lot about their, their fitness and, and their life. And I don't attribute that to pigeonholing them into any one thing, but in modeling it for them and then encouraging them that being fit and being active is it's fun and it makes you feel good. Yeah, definitely. I think you do a good job at that. And, you know, um, it's always, I mean, it's really hard to have your kid in your program. I think, you know, I see a lot of coaches struggle with that of like, Oh, I'm going to coach my kid. And it's not always the easiest thing to do. And, you know, as we know, sometimes they listen to somebody else a lot more than their parents on any given thing, you know, even, you know, I look back, um, Way back when, when I used to try to give my little brother advice and he's eight years younger than me. And then my parents hire my lifting partner, who is a private uh, personal instructor, personal trainer. instructor, personal trainer. Um, they hire him and he starts listening to him. And I'm like, couldn't you guys pay me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Now oh, you're gonna listen I to him. I certainly have like called or texted coaches and been like, "Hey, uh, so I've been talking to Ethan about this, and if you could just reinforce that message, and then he'll come home and he'll be like, hey, guess what Thomas said today.' And I'm like, "Oh wow, that's oh, so yeah. weird.' How <laughs> do you hear their voice? But yeah. you know, that's why you know having a coach is worth it. Especially the teenagers yeah. are hard at that age to to have them get some other influence, I think is always a good thing. And it's always great to, it's one thing when I teach on the Krav Maga side that I tell the kids, I'm like, I hope you just be healthy and be fit for life. Like if you don't continue with Krav Maga that you kind of get like, I should be in shape because it's perishable and you're going to rot just like that banana over there that you haven't eaten. Oh yeah. I'm not eating that one. <laughs> it's past. It's due. It's past. It's banana bread. It's paleo <laughs> banana bread next. It is. So it is. Can you tell us who influenced you, like celebrity, athlete, who was like a really big influence on your fitness, like that you admire and try to emulate? Gosh, on my fitness side. On the fitness side, like who like who inspires you? Who like did you have anybody that, you know, you're like, wow, like you did marathons and try it like you did that stuff. Was there something that sparked that? Anything in fitness that you can think back that really just sparked you to be that way? Well, I think, I mean, uh, well, okay. So a couple things, like if I go way back, like I, I was a gymnast first, first off, like when I was, when I was young up until I, up until I was like 13, but probably then it was like Mary Lou Retton, right? Because she was such a phenomenal gymnast in the Olympics. I had a picture everywhere. I thought she was amazing. But then, then I was, I was a swimmer also, and I swam in high school. And I think there was a girl named Shelly and she had state records and she, and I was a butterfly swimmer and she was too. And she was, she had all these state records and her, her butterfly was just beautiful. I mean, she was so graceful and awesome and fast and she was really great. So I think she was really inspiring to me, um, kind of more on a, on a local level. Um, but somebody that I would train with all the time and she was, she, so that was pretty inspiring. Um, I mean, I really feel like my parents set the example for me when it came to fitness. So like just looking at watching them and, and what they were able to do. And, and I think, you know, I grew up in a pretty fit area where most people were very able-bodied and, and took good care of themselves. But even seeing like now my mom, I mean, she just met with 
with a with somebody the other day out at our house and she said something like, well, I'm 74 years old and they like their jaw fell on the floor and they were like, what are you even talking about? And so I think watching her kind of get older and um, still maintain really sharp mentally, but also physically has just kept herself in shape her whole life. And I think that um, that's that's probably another inspiration and, and probably one that I didn't even really correlate as an inspiration just because it was the thing of this is just what you do. You, you take care of yourself, you eat well, you, you're active, you have interests that are physical. And, and so I think that's just where that is. Um, any like celebrities that I don't really know. I mean, I think there's been definitely stories that I've heard over the years that, um, are inspirational. Um, but nothing, I guess nobody celebrity wise I can like think of that's inspirational. No, I was just giving, uh, well, Josh and I were giving uh, Jamie a hard time. It was really Josh. Um, he was going to call HR. Actually, you should expect a call from Jamie because um, we were playing around with titles. And, you know, Josh is like, gosh, just these, any of these videos with girls and they're just getting consumed millions of views. And I'm like, yeah, my wife is constantly on Instagram with <laughs> watching workouts for trying to watch workout videos to get inspiration for a workout. And I'm like, the guy's got no shirt on. I'm like, so this is for, for work and for your finding a workout. If I were work, watching a similar video, I think I would get a pretty hard time <laughs> if I were doing that. You're not no, gonna, no, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just make some comment like, "Hmm, I wonder why you picked that video." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You make some <laughs> subtle girl comment, but uh, Josh uh, titled the video today, "Hot Girl Kicks Guy in the Groin" or something, and that kind of sounds like it belongs on a different website. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but that's your brain. Uh, <laughs> but it got a bunch of hits today, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, great. And she's like, oh, people are going to say, I'm like, who cares? You're right. They're saying dumb stuff constantly um, on on the internet, you know, driving Reed today. He was saying, there's people commenting on this video of like the best way to lose weight is to exercise and eat, right? And there's people <laughs> <laughs> arguing about that. I'm like, people will say the dumbest things. I'm like, Jamie, don't worry about what people say on the internet. Like, who cares? She's like, they're going to say that's not a hot girl. I'm like, well, you can call HR, which is you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, who is it, Rogan, that says he, he never reads the comments? Yeah. Being a, like when we get a tenth of the way that way, I guess I won't read the comments. But <laughs> somebody's got to read the comments now, and I think it's I'm probably the best one to read the comments. Oh, no, you by far are, because I'm certainly not. Yeah, that person. Yeah, you'll get your feelings hurt. Jamie will like get upset, and you know, Josh doesn't have enough Krav Maga experience to comment back because like people just get tied to things. It's so amazing on the internet, and I'm like, it's one technique, guy. It's one tool. But people get tied to anything. I mean, the same thing with with um, nutrition. I mean, there's still people that are like, well, aren't I? I think I'm supposed to eat a low fat diet. Is that the? Is I? Are we still doing that? And I'm like. I think Weight Watchers dropped that in 85, but you know, if you're still doing that, that's fine. You know, I mean, I think it's like people get very tied to an idea. And so it, and, and, the, and they get tied to right and wrong, right? Sometimes it's not black and white, it's gray, right? It's, it depends on the scenario. It depends on this. And, and I would think in your demo videos, you're definitely doing things that are like, um, 
you know, a scenario. So in, in this scenario, I'm demonstrating this and it doesn't apply. It's not in a vacuum. It doesn't apply equally to every scenario. And so I think it's people just kind of being black and white about things as well. Yeah. The internet is a tough place. Um, yeah. It's definitely something that I wish would go away sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, I go back to like the, okay, it's, it's just how we're wired. Like the brain is pattern seeking. We put things in files. We put things in files by association. And so we have all these little files in our brain of different things and where they, and where they fit and where they belong. So that creates these ideas of like right and wrong rather than there might just be a different way that still gets you to the same endpoint that somebody else has in a different file mm-hmm. in their brain. Right. So it, I think it's, it's hard for the, the mind to be really fluid and, um, and not want to compartmentalize things. Yeah. That's tough. Um, do you have any goals for 2023 that you're looking at for your fitness? That is a loud French bulldog. (laughs) That was not Jenny. (laughs) That was my goal. If I can learn to roar. Yeah. Um, Sound like Leo. Fitness goals, um, I think, are, you know, obviously being over 45 now is to continue to maintain um, the, the current weight that I am moving, um, meaning not my body weight, but my the weights I'm moving in the gym, is to just maintain that. I think that maintaining muscle mass is is an incredible uphill battle over 40. And, and obviously, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I've... Um, I've listened to enough to know that uh, I'm going to have this uphill battle, especially being a female. And so I think one of my biggest goals is just to continue to maintain my times, um, the weight that I'm able to move, the the amount that I'm working out um, is really important to me. And, and I think the other goal would be to focus a little more on my flexibility and really take care to uh, restore my body. Yeah. What are you doing for that? Um, I'm trying to do some yoga (laughs) (laughs) again, back to that thing of like being intentional and, and not biting off too much right now. That's like kind of pushing the envelope on biting too much. I haven't figured out a way to make it fit in my schedule, but I know that it needs to fit. So I guess that would be a goal is figuring out what can I drop off or what can I restructure or what am I wasting my time on that I could be making this fit in my yeah, life. Even five minutes of mobility yoga is better than nothing at the end of the day. You just I thought got... you were going to say, maybe don't spend five minutes playing Candy Crush. Yeah. Well, I was trying <laughs> not to bring that up that you have a Candy Crush addiction. And it's better than definitely... a candy addiction. It is better than a candy addiction. That's for sure. And I really just need a little mental break sometimes. So I, I do that, but I don't think it's a mental break. I think it's like doing something weird to my brain and sucking me in and making me play Yeah, longer. Definitely. The algorithm has you. <laughs> the algorithm has you. They, it just gets you. Do you have yeah. notifications on your phone for no, that? No, 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 no. I don't have notifications on my phone for anything except for my calendar, which I typically live by. I do not turn on notifications for anything. I don't want them for Facebook, Instagram. I don't want them any of my social medias. I don't even. I don't even look at Facebook. I put it on a whole different page. Yeah. Well. Keep the notifications for banned because you've remembered RMSDF. Oh, you know what? I do get those notifications. I know. I hear them. <laughs> <laughs> that that you're going to miss the snow update because you didn't have the notifications on there. Well, then I guess there won't be an instructor. So everyone will just have to go home. Yeah. <laughs> be closed anyway. So do you have a fitness celebrity crush that I don't know about? 
Not that you don't know about. <laughs> I think we you just already did. know about I them. Know. We just had a. I mean, he's not even a fitness celebrity crush. He's just he's an he's actor. Just a celebrity. Yeah. But you don't like him anymore. Well, which one? I don't like one of them anymore. You don't know one of them. You I don't, don't want, like. You don't like Wahlberg saying. anymore. Well, yeah, but we're talking about that on here. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I might... don't really like him anymore. But um, no, I like Hemsworth. Yeah. I guess he's a, he's a he's a fitness guy now. He's got some fitness program yeah. people can do. And, yeah, we will. And honestly, like his fitness program, I think is really is really nice for beginners as well. I mean, I don't. I'm not encouraging anyone to go sign up with his program and not ours. But I mean, I think it, the mindset of like being doing things that are attainable, like. He's, he's trying to do that for people, and I think that's great. Are you talking about his Disney Plus show? No, not that show. The, that show's awesome. That show's really interesting about longevity. Yeah. Um, that that show's great, I think. What, God, what's that called? I no forget. Limits or Limitless. Limitless, Limitless. yeah. Limitless. And that's, that's on Disney great. Plus. Yeah, it's really that's a good little series. A lot of really good doctors on there, too, talking about longevity, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's interesting. No, he's got like a little fitness Thingy. I don't oh, know. I've he? seen it come on Instagram, but okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's the the biggest thing, which I'm always saying. Like, there's a gazillion things you can do online, but yeah. having that community, especially in a small town, I think that's you know so so key to your success. Because I'm like, get out of the house, stop doing stuff in front of a mirror and all by yourself. There, get out and join a community. Get a coach. You're gonna have more motivation. But just getting out of the house, all this stuff, doing it at home. Yeah. I'd only do that, you know, as a supplement. When you have 12 inches you're... of snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think back to the whole thing of the, those things are those things are great for um, the, those at home things are great as a supplement, right? You you had an early meeting, you couldn't get to the gym in time, so you supplemented by doing this workout at seven o'clock at night at your house, and and there definitely keeps you on track and keeps you going. I think the thing that um, is important about getting in front of people and being a part of a community is back to the longevity thing is keeping those pathways open in your brain is a big part of that is having connection with other people and having real personal live connection with other people. Um, and that's the importance of, of going to the gym. I know days that I work from home all day. I love it and I hate it. I love it because I can buckle down and get a ton done, but I hate it because I can tell that I have not connected with anybody. Like I don't feel fulfilled at all. Like something is missing. And I think it's because I've just been at home, me and my computer and, and my dogs. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to end. I've got some more for you at another time. I think we're, you know, just about at that 45 minute Mark, I think it's a good place to wrap it up and let the dogs out and move on with the day. But I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. You Thanks for a, having me. Finally. Finally. I know you're, you're quite mad. <laughs> you were not well, mad. And now I'm hearing about these videos that you're making about the, the pre-workouts for the bases. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been invited to do any of those. Nope. You have not. You have other stuff. You need to buckle down. Maybe I need to be invited to the gym so I can have some connection. You're there. <laughs> You're like, I have a meeting. I have a meeting. No, just I just need to schedule it. Yeah, it's tough. But, you know, you told me, get them done. Yeah. Get them done. Okay. So thanks for joining us again, yeah. guys. This has been the John Hallett Podcast. We will have you back soon. We'll 
This will air on YouTube on Sunday and the audio on Spotify and Apple and every other um, listening device out there comes out on Thursday. So we will hear back from you guys and maybe we'll have Jenny back next Thursday. Thanks. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys.